a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Ever seen the sky so blue? The birds are singing, I got nothing to do. Hey, 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 hey. It's a sunny day. Sunny day now. My pocket's empty, my cupboard's bare. But call me illogical, I just don't care. Hey, hey, hey. It's just a sunny day. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's going to be a little bit toasty, but I think we'll make it. Ton, I mean, it's that time of year. People are like, oh, it's unseasonably hot, but it's that time of year. Uh, it's not. It's, it is warmer than usual, but it's the middle of the summer, and it's when right. we get 100-plus degree weather. Right. Uh, people have been talking a lot about grasshoppers, asking a lot of questions about grasshoppers, but it's also uh, the height of mosquito season. And with all the the wet weather that we received in the spring, uh, they've been uh, pretty plentiful. They have. I, You know, my home down in Santa Quinn, there are very few mosquitoes usually you know, I can go two or three years and not be bitten. And this year, it hasn't that it's been really bad, but I've been bitten at least weekly down there. And I'm hearing reports from others and other areas of the Wasatch Front that it's almost sometimes swarms of them where they are usually not so thick. And so during the summer, I will throw in there really quick that we need to be careful when we're watering. If you have old tree stumps or things in your yard that regularly have standing water, that's where mosquitoes breed. And that water does need to be emptied. So old tires and things of that nature needs to be checked. Mm -hmm. And just to make sure that you don't, or you're not a breeding ground for your mosquitoes. Yeah, you wanted as our top of the hour feature to talk about repellents and changes in repellents. Uh, Before you get to that, though, I just wanted to quickly ask, um, are there any plants that you can put around your patios or really that kind of fend off? Because there's always been that, oh, there are some varieties of geraniums that kind of put off uh, an aroma. That Well, the citronella-based candles and oh, what do they call them? And they have the long rope that you burn slowly, almost like a punk. We know what you mean. Yeah, so there's those. And, you know, with there are early plants. That yeah, can- with... The citronella plants, you can purchase them and plant them on your patio. And within a foot or two, yeah, they the mosquitoes won't go there. That's but the problem, within a foot or yeah, two. You'd pretty much have to hold the <laughs> potted plant on your lap to have it do any good. Okay. So, but this, the smudges, I guess, are what they're called. If you have a few of those and the wind is stirring the smoke around a little bit, sometimes those can be effective within several feet of where they're lit. All right. But what is the latest information on repellent? Well, I, the CBS has a study from New Mexico State that they did an article on on mosquito repellents. And I, and I don't know, and it's just my point of view, 
know, when people are like, oh, I don't want to spray poison on myself. And then they go slather themselves in essential oils and things. And I'm just like, how do you know those are any safer than the spray? Well, they're natural. Well, that doesn't mean much. (laughs) There's a lot of things that are natural that are very deadly. And so I saw this article and was just fascinated. And they had tested a bunch of different essential oils. And it looked like all of them were at least partially effective but not effective enough to really keep the mosquitoes away except for two or three of them. Hmm. They did say that in high-pressure situations, so you know, if you go camping in the Uintas and there's areas where those mosquitoes will be there, almost just like gnats in the evening flying around, and you have this cloud of mosquitoes following you, they just said, DET, the DET, Mosquito repellent is going to be your best bet, and you're going to need to reapply it. Still consider wearing long sleeve shirt and loose pants. But in those situations, just the old-fashioned deed is the best thing. But they said where there's lower pressure and you might only get you know, an occasional mosquito bite, that there were certain oils that actually performed fairly well. And so maybe when you're out yeah. in the yard in the evening, you don't want to spray the deed, you can use some of these. Yes, and so clove okay. oil was the most effective and and then followed closely by cinnamon oil and one called geranol that I've never heard of. I think it's an active or an oil in a number of different things, hmm. but the clove and cinnamon oils were the most effective against lower pressure for mosquitoes, but they need to be reapplied every hour to where some of the DEET products will last for five or six hours. But if you wanted to veer that way, I thought this was very interesting because it starts going into the citronella is only moderately effective, Mm. not nearly as much as clove or cinnamon oil. I thought that was interesting. Rosemary is another one I've heard people say, oh, I put that on and it works. Garlic oil, I I would almost rather have mosquito bites. No. I think I'd rather have mosquito bites than to slather myself in garlic. I no, I love garlic. It I, keeps I do, away the demons in too. food. <laughs> yes, but it keeps everyone away. I mean, even a demon are like, oh, garlic, ugh, not touching you. But it it did list a lot of these oils, and it just said that you know if you wanted to use them and can find products, that a few of the essential oils are actually effective. The cinnamon oil makes me giggle because it, when we were kids, you could buy at the dollar store little tubes of cinnamon oil and you put the toothpicks in yes. there. Yes. But then your mouth would get all burned and red. And so wouldn't this like burn your skin? I think that it's it probably be. diluted down <laughs> enough that you're not. I remember that in, you know, in elementary school, you always knew the kids that have been eating cinnamon toothpicks because they... I don't know why that was a thing, but it was a thing. Yes, and they never got mosquito bites around their mouth. I'm I'm (laughs) certain of that for sure. Okay, anything else that you'd like to add? No, I just, I wanted to put this up there. And a lot of times people ask, you know, why are you always just recommending conventional chemicals? Chemicals, And because they're not researched, a lot of these essential oils and other things that you home brew, but it's information like this that says, hey, look, here's some natural things. to have some real research that do work. There's been research out there and I can say, you know, as compared to that Centronella, there's better products out there, even though the Centronella can work a bit, you know, maybe the clove or cinnamon oil might be better. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, well, you can check out the complete article. It's up on the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page. We are coming back with your calls and questions. The phone lines are open. You can call us at 801-575-8255 or text us at 57500. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning. Thank you for spending your Saturday morning with the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you this morning, taking your calls at 801-575-8255, or you can text us at 57500. Next listener, Ton, would like to know, is there a trick to getting more female flowers on pumpkin plants, or is it just the luck of the draw? They have a ton of male flowers, but only one or two female flowers per plant. Well, I, I, I saw this, and the first thing I thought about was... A beach party where there's only a bunch of dudes. <laughs> oh my goodness! So how so, does that happen, Ton? <laughs> it just is. There's a malfunction somewhere, and anyway, it naturally when squash and that includes pumpkin start to flower mm-hmm. for the first couple of weeks. That first initial flush is mostly male blossoms. Okay, the female blossoms will start to set a lot more a few weeks later. And it's just the plant trying to prevent itself from self-pollinating to where a bee can't plant, land on a male flower from it and then go to a female flower and it just it creates a clone. And so... So be patient. The ladies yes, will be along. The ladies will come, but it'll be at their own time. So of if you're course. all a bunch of dudes at a beach party, <laughs> just give it a few hours and they'll show up. All righty. Next listener says, isn't it too hot to treat bindweed in the lawn? And is there any any reason that you know of that glyphosate couldn't be made in a granular form? I'm not a chemist, but it hasn't been done. So I'm assuming Hmm. there's issues. Okay. And well, because the main reason is is glyphosate has to be sprayed on the foliage to be effective. And if you put it into a granule, it's not effective. That's not going to work. So it's not going to work. And there are a few products that if you're careful, it can be sprayed in the summer as long as there's there these products don't contain 2,4-D or dicamba. Okay. Randall is on the line in Draper. Good morning, Randall. What was your question? Yeah, I've got... uh some property out here where some of the run is uh, definitely uh, not absorbing the water due to the soil out here. And I'm wondering what I can do to either I've got to rip all of it up and put some good soil down or if there's anything else I can do. I've, the phone was just a little bit garbled at the first. So what do you have that's the not taking up water? It's the it's a lower part of my lawn. Okay, and yeah, have you had the soil tested, or does water? Well, what, what, I've done, what I've done is is watered the night, go out the next day, and then I'll dig up a piece, and it's slowly soaking in about two inches at the most. Okay, is it running off? Yes. Okay. So do you have a sprinkler clock that runs your sprinklers? Yeah, I do. Okay. And we've tried splitting it up to where it'll water for 
15 minutes and then water another area and then we'll come back and water that area for another 15 minutes, you know, an hour later. And okay. it's got direct sunlight on it most of the day. Okay. I mean, the only thing I can really suggest is heavily aerating that area to see if you can increase water penetration into the soil. And so... Put in a organic matter down helps. Excuse me? Putting some kind of organic matter down after I aerate. That would help. Um, maybe a little even bit, bit, bit more, but I don't know that you're ever going to get water to penetrate super deep. But if you can pull out two to three inch plugs and keep that up, and that would be the best I can do, short of having you tear it out and deep rip it, re-level it, and then put more grass down. Yeah, that's what we were kind of thinking, but I think we'll try that iteration. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Randall. Thanks so much for your call this morning. Uh, Jan is on the line, too, and she wanted to chime in on mosquitoes. Hi, Jan. What was your question or comment this morning? Well, I have a friend that a few years ago we were talking about mosquitoes because I'm, I, they just love me, and, uh, and I go out and walk. And she said, my son puts dryer sheets in his shoes, and they don't bother him. And so I tried and I didn't put the dryer sheets in my shoes. I just rubbed the dryer sheets on my skin that my that's exposed, and I've never had a mosquito bite since then. All right. Yeah, I, the reason I can't recommend such things is there's just, how do you know those dryer sheets don't have something in them that's penetrating your skin more than what just a a jar of mosquito repellent would, you know, I'm happy that it worked for you, but you know, I've got to be super cautious about this sort of thing because of things. You never know what the side effects are when you're using something that's not registered for that use. But Jan, we appreciate your call. Thanks for calling this morning. Glad that that has worked for her. Uh, Yeah. People need to know that when you work for the USU extension service, all the advice that you give has to be research based. It is. And this sometimes, you know, and I don't think any harm will come to this because we are using those dryer sheets on our clothes, but you've got to be super careful about this stuff because you never know. How do you know what you're doing is safer than a can of just regular mosquito repellent? You know, even though it feels like it's safer and intuitively it might feel like it, but if it's not researched, how do you know? And so that's why we stick to just the tried and true things that have been, you know, it might be I'm a stick in the mud or whatever, but we've got to stick to with, you know, what we know works. Right. Uh, Next listener says uh, he and his wife toured the Mediterranean last year and they were astonished at the bougainvillea plants. I love bougainvillea plants. California. Oh, Uh, but. Can they do well in Utah is the question. Only for the summer. As soon as they get heavy frost, they're done. Yeah, I've found these beautiful plants low-priced at Costco or other places. And, yeah, they're great. I've tried bringing them in. They just don't like the inside of my they house. They don't. They are very pest-prone once they're inside their home. With a lack of light, it makes them more susceptible. I, the nearest area that you can grow these would be San Diego and Los Angeles. Yeah, put them on your patio, enjoy them for the summer, but no, can't really grow them in your yard. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. 
We're going to take a break. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. Phone lines are open, or you can text us, 57500. Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse. Lavender lovers could work alongside the garden staff at the Conservation Garden Park on Thursday, July 27th from 6 to 7.30 p.m. It's an opportunity to learn simple maintenance techniques for one of Utah's favorite aromatic herbs. Sign up at conservationgardenpark.org. Learn how to flip your strip with Weaver Basin Water on Thursday, August 10th at 6.30 p.m. The class is required for the Utah Water Savers Program. Register at WeberBasin.gov. And Salt Lake's Gilgold Gardens is looking for volunteers to help them out on Tuesday mornings. If you don't know much about gardening, dedicated gardeners from the Salt Lake County Gardening Association are willing to teach you. Find out more at GilgoldGarden.org. Now a look at this week's quick tip. Many Utah State University Extension horticulturists have noticed that there is a lot of tree damage in urban areas of the Wasatch Front. We suspect that much of this damage is due to the last several years of drought, included with the very strange weather we've had every fall for the last four or five years. This has caused many trees to not be able to go dormant naturally And because they're not completely dormant when it gets cold, they get damaged when the temperatures get too low. The only thing that can be done is to make sure that the trees are well watered so that they have the best opportunity to recover and just hope for the best. You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.